So, are we going to cheers to this thing or what? I, I don't have any liquor, but I mean, I have some water. You have so some of mine? I'll sip mine. That, that's kind of weird. <laughs> All right. Sharing the same glass for, I mean, we can cheers with this. Yeah, there you go. Cheers. Yeah. yeah. 100 episodes, John. 100 episodes. Shouldn't that mean we do like 100 bottles of beer on the wall? We start the episode by the time we get to one. I well, mean, that's the end of the episode. <laughs> I kind of thought about that. I thought we should do that. Or, um, and I had a lot of different ideas, like let's do 100 um, products that are, uh, or 100 best upgrades for your 4x4. We'd have to like rapid fire them. Yeah. And we'd have through. to dig deep. <laughs> oh, well, I, I mean, I, we could go in general. No, I know. I, yeah. I could get into a lot of them. Um, but, uh, so I mean, there's well, no, a, we tossed around a few ideas. There's but... <laughs> a lot of different themes we could go. We could get somebody on. I thought about all of that. Of course, you could talk about uh, hundred series Land Cruisers or Dodge D one hundreds, or if you're going to play in your numbers. But uh, I, I, I think maybe we can go a different direction here. Let's check it out. See what happens. It's time to hit the trail, lock in those hubs, and throw it into low range. Because you are listening to Wheel It with Keith and Johnny Orange. They're here to talk about 4x4s, trucks, and everything to do with enjoying the great outdoors. Buckle up. Here's your hosts, Keith and Johnny Orange. So do we want to start right into that, or should we start with our, uh, our latest comment that we have here? Oh, go ahead. What, you said we have a comment on there? Yep. So I, I unfortunately only just noticed this uh, last week or so when I was looking at some of the specs for um, just some of the tracking info or demographics where it's playing, what countries and all that. Uh, actually, Australia is crazy high up the list right now. Oh, really? Yeah, we actually uh, charted there for a while. Uh, well, I haven't looked in the last couple of days, but maybe we should talk about 100 series land cruisers. Actually, big over there. A- actually, well, they are, <laughs> oh. but. Uh, um, I was thinking about this earlier when I was in my office, mm-hmm. um, sitting on my um, my porcelain um, chair there, ah, and ah, uh, I was thinking uh, the big head honcho was something that might be fun to do. And we have a couple episodes here where somebody can come up on four x four talk and they can tell us if they'd like to hear. Uh, we haven't done a tech episode. Well, we did one a couple episodes ago. We did the CRV. Oh but, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I have an idea for, I think, maybe one of our next tech tech episodes. Um, it might not be the very next, but episode 105, um, the 105 series Land Cruiser was a mostly Australian and African-only Ooh. spec Land Cruiser. And it was like the 100 series we got here, which got really cushy. Mm-hmm. Uh, here it had IFS and automatic only. But in Africa and Australia, you could still get the, it was essentially the the rounded, updated, the first time you get a V8 in the Land Cruiser, Ooh. the 100 series, but you could get it also with a manual and solid Ooh. axle. Nice. And so it was the last luxurious model of hmm. the solid axle Land Cruiser. Nice. So I was thinking maybe, um, you know, if our listeners are interested, in fact, probably, I think a lot of Land Cruiser people don't even know the 105 exists. Uh, they know the 100 series, quote unquote, but yeah. they don't know that the 105 is like this crazy beefy vehicle that we hmm. could never get in North America. So uh, I think we could do a tech heavy episode on yeah, that'd be cool. the 105 Land Cruiser for episode 105. Yeah. So we're not talking about that right now, but if, if you guys want to hear about that, we'd like to hear your feedback now. So if you're like, 
hey man, yeah, I love 105s, or here's my 105. Uh, if, if we got somebody that listens that maybe is in Australia or Africa that's like a 105 expert and they want to talk to us, yeah, uh, reach out and talk to us, and or reach out to us, and we can we'd love to talk to you about. The I had a really cool interview lined up uh, yesterday. My my weekend job on the boat. Yeah, with this couple that was up from Texas for the Woodward Dream Cruise, and they brought I I don't remember what the model was because I've never heard of it. <laughs> They had this car. It was a like an undercover police car, mm-hmm. all wheel drive, like manual transmission, some crazy rare, hard to get thing from Australia. They brought had, or had shipped over here, and they go to Woodward Dream Cruise every year with this car. Holden, maybe, maybe that sounds familiar. <clears throat> yeah, Holden, Holden is uh, GM's uh, uh, division over in Australia. Okay. They actually just Holden just. Um, Folded, I think, last year or the year before. Oh, and now they just sell everything as Chevy and, yeah. and stuff like that. It was a separate uh, division, kind of like mm. Saturn and Pontiac and all that. Huh. Well, but I, I had had this. had some crazy They uh, They stuff. told me a little about it, and I, I don't remember a lot of the details. It was a pretty busy day. And they were offloading the boat, and I was waiting for them to come back, let me know they were ready, because I was going to do a, uh, a Facebook Live for Wheeling and interview these folks on this thing. I didn't hear from them for a few minutes, and I went to find them, and they were gone. Oh, geez. <laughs> I was bummed out. So, yeah. Anyways, um, so this is from T. Dixon 508 uh, He read, great podcast. Highly recommend making this podcast part of your routine if you enjoy listening to great history of all-wheel drive and four-wheel drive. The hosts are fantastic. Well, thank you. Thank appreciate you very that. much. Thank <laughs> you. We do appreciate that. We, of course, do recommend listening to it and adding it to your routine as well. Uh, of course, if you're already listening to this, or if you're not listening to this, just uh, make sure you do listen to this. Yes, exactly. It doesn't, doesn't work that way. <laughs> we thank you for listening if you're not a listener. Well, you know, I, something we could talk about here. Now, we did do kind of a reminiscing episode the other uh, yeah, while back. back we were talking about um, all the different things that Ooh. this podcast has brought to our life. Yeah. And we've talked about, you know, all the different fun things that we did because of it. I think it might be interesting for a minute here, instead of like a reminiscing per se, but for those who maybe have picked up Whelan from now or maybe 20 or 30 episodes ago and they didn't go all the way back to episode one, to kind of explain to them where this came about and why and what we're doing now. I mean, I know we say it all the time that it was kind of a creation to get advertising for the Museum of Off-Road Adventure, but, uh, you know... I was thinking maybe we could quote-unquote reminisce a little bit about that. I remember one of the early times you and I were talking about this. Was this two summers ago? You're driving all over the state, and I was just going with you for some of these trips. Was that two years ago? I think it was a lot longer than that. Might have been maybe three or four years ago. Whatever it was, um, you were driving around picking parts up, buying stuff, selling stuff. And just called me up every now and then to go with you. And we kind of, I know that's where the idea started originally for the podcast. Okay, let's back the train up here. Excuse me. Uh, And let's talk about the Museum of Off-Road Adventure for a minute. Okay. And where that came from. Um, Yes, it was my brainchild to a certain respect. But of course, I had the, I was the guy with the lighter, but... All of you and all of our other friends and uh, compatriots that are involved in the museum were the sparkler. You know, 
lit the sparkler and you guys, you know, or the firework, you know, you guys are the ones. I want to be a mortar, not a sparkler. A mortar. Yeah. You know, one that goes up really high in there. One of the illegal ones. The good one. The (laughs) idea for this, I would say, probably goes back to about 2014 or 2015. And uh, maybe even a little bit before that, when. I was in the old car world and things like that. But around 2014, 2015, I had noticed a number of different vehicles that were being, um, that were four wheel drive historical vehicles that were either being scrapped, torn up for parts, crushed for steel, especially since when steel was way high. Oh, I know. (laughs) Um, and I think the ones that really sparked, and I can tell you a couple of them right off hand here, uh, and I was talking to somebody about this at the museum the other day. Uh, four or five years ago, I became aware of a Nash Quad, which we've talked about the history of those way back a uh, number of episodes ago. I think when we were talking about some of the inline history of the Jeep Straight Six and how the the family history went all the Sounds way back. Sounds vaguely familiar, yeah. Yeah. Um, but there was a Nash Quad, which was the first really true mass-produced four-wheel drive vehicle. And there was one in central Michigan that a number of people have spotted on this guy's farm or whatever it is. Maybe it's close to the road. I've never seen it in person. And they've taken pictures of it. And apparently a number of people have approached this guy. They only made about, I, I think off the top of my head, around 13,000 of the Nash hmm. Quads. We can do an, an episode on those someday. Um, but... They had approached him, and the guy was always like, no, you know, I'm going to restore it someday. I'm going to do this, this, this. And it's just literally been sitting in a field since the 1950s. Hmm. Um, I heard a rumor around that time that had been hauled off for scrap. Now, since then, I have heard that it is actually still there, and that was just a rumor. Hmm. But uh, that really pained me, that a Nash Quad, which I was familiar with, being a 4x4 and vehicle historian, had been hold off for scrap. Like, why would you take the world's first mass-produced four-wheel drive vehicle, of which there's maybe, maybe two or three hundred in existence, if that, maybe not even that many. Um, and that might be conserved, or that might be pretty liberal on that. Um, there, there may only be like 50 left or something. Yeah. And go and crush this thing for scrap. And so that started to bother me. And I also had was familiar at the time with a Marvin Harrington um, conversion for Ford four-wheel drive that was sitting behind a, um, and this one I did see in person. Um, I actually was out trucking out for my trucking business and I saw it behind a, um, a funeral home hmm. and I pulled in, checked it out, um, did a bunch of, it was a closed down funeral home, but, um, oh. did a bunch of reverse off of a cemetery did a bunch of reverse image searches on Google and eventually figured out who owned the property, contacted them. Um, you know, I was like, I'd like to buy this thing. And, you know, the Marming Harrington conversions for the Ford F-Series back in the 1940s and 50s were some of the, the first, like, modern four-wheel drives, I guess is what you call them. Because yeah. you, you had the modern pickup truck, but it had a solid axle in the front and a transfer case. And uh, they predate Napco by a couple of years. Oh, wow. Cool. Um, that we, we talked back and forth over about a year process, but the, the, the folks there were like, you know, first they thought it was worth big money. And then they were like, oh, well, uh, it was promised to someone. And there was, it was one ah. of those deals where it never, 
materialized. Yeah, I've dealt with those. But I started to realize that there was there was no one um, really preserving these. Well, I thought I thought there was. So I started researching around. I started googling and uh, internet searching and going, okay, well, there's got to be a, an all inclusive four by four museum somewhere in the world, right? And found out there wasn't. Hmm. Um, at the time, there was the Toyota Land Cruiser Heritage Museum in Salt Lake City. Utah, which yeah, is we've still there. Yeah, we talked about them a few times. And I'd like to get somebody on from that someday. I think yeah, that'd, that'd be, be awesome. That'd be really cool. Actually, maybe the 105 episode, maybe we can get someone from there. That would from be there. cool, yeah. Um, I'll reach out. I actually have a friend on Facebook that works there. Nice. Very cool. Um, so, you know, there was that place. There was the Rod Hall Motorsports Hall of Fame, which uh, is a rotating collection of about a dozen raced vehicle, hmm. race vehicles. They're, they're only off-road racing out in Reno there at, uh, I think it's at Terribles or... Um, yeah, I think it's Terrible's Casino out there in Reno, Nevada. That does not sound like a place I'd want to go. It's in the title, <laughs> Terrible's. Why would I want to go there? I think it's there. I could be wrong on that. <laughs> um, but uh, And then there was the FWD, four-wheel drive museum, in, um, I think it's Wisconsin. It might be Minnesota. But, uh, you know, they are focusing on the FWD truck. So there was really no one that was focusing on everything yeah and so i had started myself personally as a uh um kind of a little bit of a campaign i had some connections with some other car museum people i knew and i started calling around and talking to these different car museums and i was like hey you know if i could put together a rotating collection of maybe 10 or 12 vehicles would you be interested in hosting it for a year at a time to hmm. teach about off-road and four-wheel drive history? And I got the same answer from everybody. There's some emails I sent. There was phone calls I made. Well, no, it's not really what we're into. We're into Corvettes. We're into brass era cars. We're oh, into geez. whatever. You know, no one really wanted to talk about. They wanted to branch out. They wanted their specific thing only. They, they wanted cars, you know. Bomber. Um, even um, the NATMUS Museum, you know, the North American Truck Museum or whatever you know, truck and bus, I, I think it's something like that. They're more like the big trucks and semis, yeah, and things like that. Bummer. So, so that's when I started contacting all of uh, the people I knew that were interested in this or possibly interested in museum stuff. And as you know, we ended up having a meal at Foxfire yeah. Fixins <laughs> and we sat down and we hammered out that first night over a couple hours, basically a, a rough outline, a rough outline. <laughs> and, um, you know, and that worked out really well. And then we didn't know what we were going to do or when we were going to do it or where it was going to be. Yeah. And then my dad um, had that building that he wasn't using, and he said, well, you guys clean it up and keep it maintained, and you guys can use the building. Yeah. And that's where the museum is today in Clay Township, Michigan. So uh, 11 months later, after our meeting at Foxfire, we were open to the public, and that was a couple of years ago. And um, I think that was... Pretty amazing because a lot of museums that do start from scratch, it takes them years and years and years. Yeah, I didn't know a lot of this back history on your side of it. I I was never aware of a lot of that. Oh, you weren't? No. no. Or if we talked about it, I forgot. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, so that's where um, a lot of that came from. Hmm. And then, you know, you came down and helped cleaning out the place and then building some of the early displays, our, our gas station, faux gas station wall there. Um, Jason um, came Reminds down. Me, if we want another gas pump, I got one I can bring. Please. Yes. That'd be great. <laughs> it's uh, heavy. It's very heavy. But. <laughs> and uh, so we started to, to really make the space our own, and we're continuing to make the space our yeah. own. 
Um, you know, dad's no longer with us, but my mom who owns the building now is like, Hey, let's continue, uh, here. She likes what we're doing and, uh, we're going to probably be there for many years until we outgrow the space. You know, we're, yeah. we're kind of doubling up right now on our, our available space in there, which is awesome. So if you have something you'd like to display or loan to us for a while, please get a hold of us. Yeah, sure. Uh, for sure. And then, um, I think you and me, after we started the museum, uh, and Andrew as well, because Andrew, the producer, was with us for 70 episodes or whatever it was. Something like that. Almost 80, I think. And I, I think it was almost right up to episode 80. Let me okay. Um, Andrew's our uh, president of the board, and he still is. And, uh, you know, we went through, when we created the museum, um, you know, a lot of people think, oh, well, this is a fly-by-night thing. No, we sat down and we hammered out bylaws we actually hired a lawyer a nonprofit lawyer to um, make sure that all these bylaws were ironclad and he submitted them to the federal government um for 501c3 status and that whole process took about a year yeah uh before we were approved on that but we are officially a 501c3 nonprofit organization now um which you know folks if you're a listener of wheelan and you haven't been to the museum and maybe you can't get to the museum because you live in California or you live in, you know, Mexico or you live in Australia or whatever, but you want to continue to see the efforts of the museum and you're maybe following us on Facebook and Instagram museum of off-road adventure. Um, you know, you can go right to our website, which is, uh, the mora.org, uh, M O R a, and you can make a small donation through there. Uh, there's, uh, you know, a donate now button on there. And that helps out a lot. We get, we get all sorts of small donations coming in and, you know, big donations are even better, but, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, small <laughs> donations. Uh, and, and there you go. So we're at Foxfire even when we did this and you remember, we didn't even know what to call this thing. We just knew we were going to open an off-road history museum. I remember that part. Yeah. And we sat down and, um, I, I don't even know who really came up with museum of off-road adventure. Um, I know that, I had a bunch of ideas on, on, I think I had on one of my, my notes, I think I had, um, museum of off-road history or something like that. Sounds vaguely familiar. I, I at one point had a tab in my uh, notes program on my phone with a bunch of that stuff. Oh, okay. Pretty sure I got rid of it though. Well, I remember, you know, Amber and, uh, you know, who's also on our board and a few other people were down there. And somebody, and I want to say maybe it was Andrew, had said, if my memory serves me right, um, well, I want our museum to have an acronym so we can call it The Something. I vividly remember that part of it. I think it was Andrew that suggested that. And um, so somebody came up with the, well, how about adventure, you know, because, you know, off-road vehicles are for adventure and it's outdoor lifestyle. And so it was Museum of Off-Road Adventure, The Mora. And uh, we ended up rolling with that. And that's what it ended up being. So... Um, you know, this was really a group effort, everyone getting together, oh, sitting yeah. down there. And we had like, what, nine people sitting there in that first meeting, something I like that? I think it was a few more than that. Yeah, we had a lot of people. Yeah. Because we had some people that dropped out of it. We had some people that initially were founding members and then just said, that, yeah, said they wanted to be out. involved, <laughs> but never ended up being involved. Yeah. And, um, said they weren't started and then we're not. <laughs> we had a gentleman that wanted to be the archivist for all of our books and magazines and anything like that. And he even kind of had that title for about six months. And then he kind of faded into existence and passed away. 
Um, and, you know, he really never came to any of our meetings or anything, but he was involved separately. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't want to say his name right now. Yeah. I tell you, but yeah, it was, um, you know, that was something that was, he was a guy I that. I don't, I remember that. I don't know if you ever met him. Maybe that's okay. I don't know. We'll talk but after. For, yeah. But for a <laughs> while he was putting down, you know, on, on his social medias and stuff that he was the archivist <laughs> for our museum and stuff. But, you know, it just, it was, uh. It took a while to figure out how to get it all together. Like, yeah. So we hired the lawyers and we did it the, the right way. And so then, of course, we opened up eventually. It took us, after acquiring rights to use the building, it took us about, what, four months to open up, five months, something there like about that. Thereabouts, yeah. We got yeah. some of the stuff moved in. Then we started accumulating stuff for it pretty quick. Yeah. And then uh, just slowly moving it in, kind of getting it cleaned up, set up. And ready to be displayed, of course. And then uh, <laughs> Andrew and... Um, well, that was that was something. Our first vehicle, if you remember. Um, oh yeah. So I, somebody had asked me, and I think it was Amber um, when we were there. And I don't have my old notebook here. I'm kind of looking at the one I have in front of me, and I know it's not that, but um, <laughs> I think it was Amber had said to me, "Well, what kind of vehicles do you want to have in when we were at the meeting?" And I said, "It's funny you say that." And I pulled out this notebook, and I had a list of like fifteen or twenty historical off-road vehicles yeah that were of great interest and i said these are the ones i'd really love to see in the museum and i don't remember the particular order they were in but i remember i had like um, a marmon harrington uh conversion i had a napco conversion in mm. there uh as like number two or three it was right yeah. up there i wanted uh world war ii willies um or at least a cj2 uh humvee i wanted a um uh I, another one I, an eagle wagon or yeah. not a wagon but an amc eagle um uh, and I had this, you know, going down this list and ironically, even though we only have at any given time, you know, maybe a dozen vehicles rotating through the museum, yeah. we have had consistently an Eagle there yeah. from day one. <laughs> and we had, uh, our first vehicle was the Napco the, yep. very, the very next day. I was sitting there playing on Facebook on my phone, drinking my coffee in the morning and somebody posts on one of the off-road pages I'm on. This cool old Napco fire truck, and next thing you know, we own that thing. Yeah. So that was just fate, you know. That that was luck too. I mean, the rarity of something like that is wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, one of a kind truck. You know. Yeah. Um, so it was. So, but we we got the museum open. Um, we opened officially during the. 2019 was it or 18 Christmas 19. walk? 2019 Christmas walk event. Um, and we had people coming down and touring through there through the yep. through the entire event. Was it no, I think was it, it I think it was eighteen. Yeah. It was eighteen. Yeah, the twenty eighteen because we did two years of the Christmas walk down. Yeah, there. so yep. it would have been eighteen. And then last uh, year was a little screwy. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> so the eighteen Christmas walk. So yep. we were we were open December first, two thousand eighteen, officially for the first time. Yeah, and, I remember. I think it was that year. I I went down there one of the nights and just yeah. kind of. I think, yeah, it must have been eighteen. So that that whole first year. You know, we didn't do a podcast or anything like no. that. <laughs> but you and I got talking, and some of the other people got talking about advertising and how yeah. to how to get out there, information about the museum. I, I think it was 18 then. It was one our, what do you want to call that? Parts running year? Well, yeah, because if you think about it, 18 was uh, the year... Yeah, I, it, was it would between, have been that year because that's when we were formulating everything for the museum. And I had more free time so, because yeah. it was between my diving career and yep. being over in demolition. I was self-employed, thin line off-road. Yeah. So that so would it was have been, definitely would have been 2018. 
Yeah, for oh, sure. Wow, that was a big year for all of us. And as you and I were, you were, I was running around the state picking up stuff for the business and stuff all the time. You rode with me a lot, yeah. and I know we kept bouncing ideas off each other. Oh and yeah. I think the idea originally, the the first like, uh, you know, complete whatever you call it, uh, crazy idea was a reality show of some type. Type, <laughs> and we we're like, you know, how cool would it be? And then, um, you know, after that, we were like, well, okay, so that's, you know, we'd have to try to get somebody uh, to film all this or to, uh, you want to pause for a second? No, I'm just checking something. Oh, okay. Do you hear that? The fan on my computer. Oh, is that what that is? Probably, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I have was no a... way around that, unfortunately. Sorry, folks. <laughs> I thought I was listening to a vacuum cleaner. We're going to keep rolling here, but it's not that uh... loud. <laughs> Don't turn it a little more. <laughs> sorry. So um... she gets hot when she works. I'm so sorry. anyway, so we're talking about you know we're like okay a reality show uh, okay that won't work. Well, how about a YouTube web series? Okay, we started playing with some videos yep. and we started doing it with Andrew. Yeah. And yeah. That's, that's that's why we did uh, the interview on Pegasus. Yep, we did. Yep. We did the Pegasus interview. We did. Um, is that the only one, or do we do something yeah, I else? I think it was the only. I one. I think we filmed something else, but we never actually did anything with. It. We may have, yeah. And uh, you know, we found out that you're a terrible actor. What? What? I I, I played bar bouncer perfectly fine, thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm not that good on camera. Yeah, I'm getting better, but I, yeah, I half a bottle of moonshine, you're fine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I I was getting to the point where I was like, all right, this is not good. So then, I think it was maybe Andrew, and I, and I still hadn't thought podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, now, ironically, I was a listener of a couple of podcasts. One of them being a off road podcast for Toyota Trucks. Um, and then, uh, another one that was more like a quasi political podcast I would listen to. And I yeah, also used politics. to listen. Yeah. And I used <laughs> to listen to Joe Rogan show, um, you know, on and off here and there, but I really never put two and two together on there. And I think maybe it was Andrew who said, you know, cause I was like, well, you know, maybe we could do, we could go to a radio station or something and do a late night radio show or something. And then, hmm. um, I think it might've been Andrew who was like, well, you guys are decent on audio, but you suck on video. <laughs> He's like, why don't we do a podcast or something? You know, and I, I think it was him actually. And it could have been. And then we said, okay. And so we started talking about the idea and we were, this was not an overnight thing. No, we kept said, bouncing this idea yeah. around. I remember talking to you about it on one of our back road ventures. It might've been your idea too. Like it wouldn't have been mine. Cause okay. I'm, I'm not normally one for audio, anything. Oh, okay. So it was, well, you, you brought it the suggestion. Yeah. I think it was something you and Andrew had been talking. It's a long time ago. It's, I know, it's a fuzzy memory. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's fun though to talk about it. Oh, yeah. about it. So that, that's where it came from. Huh. And the idea, and originally we said this was a production of the Museum of Off-Road Adventure, but then yeah. that very next meeting we had. Yeah, we ran the idea by the board and it was determined better to just keep it separate. They didn't the hate the idea. They like, oh, no. they like the podcast, but yeah. they just, they were like, yeah, legality wise, if John says something really bad and. You know, if he ends up getting a suit and... It's always me. Yeah. yeah. I'll just... I mean, whatever. <laughs> no, nah, you're good, man. Um, so, uh, you know, it's just, uh, you know... That's where that, it was born. That's where it was born and that's where it came from. And so, you know, here we are. Are we over two years? Oh, yeah. 
So we're over two years. Yeah, we had our oh, two yeah, year yeah. anniversary. That's episode. right. Two year anniversary. Hey, what are you drinking in there? That, well, that looks like water. I thought it was ice water. Maybe not. <laughs> it is now. Um <laughs> the uh we so yeah, we did two years. We're we're hundred episodes in on this thing mm. and you know, we're we're having a lot of fun with it. You know, oh, yeah. we're we're talking about these old these old four by fours and we still have so many things to talk about and there's still like everything the cologne that I just bought. Oh geez. All right, tell me about the cologne. It's actually pretty sweet. <laughs> I, I took pictures of it. I, how am I supposed to smell a picture? Well, it's not the picture. I bought it because of the bottle. <sighs> you know how Avon did all those weird vintage uh, shaped bottles? It's a stick shift. Oh, I thought that was one of those <laughs> toys that girls put on a inside of a shower. <laughs> no. <laughs> with a suction cup on the bottom of it. I'm going to save that talk for the after show. What? I don't know what you're talking about. Like no, it's... a dent puller for a car. Oh right, right. Or a plunger. Right. Is it a plunger? <laughs> no, it's it's an actual stick shift pattern. Oh, it's a Volkswagen shifter. stick shift. I don't know what it is. That's, but... a, that's a Volkswagen pattern. Uh, it was two bucks. So I bought that, it. That, I'm pretty sure it's a Volkswagen Beetle pattern, and it looks no. like a Volkswagen Beetle stick shift. That's I, pretty cool, though. I took a sniff of the cologne inside, and good God, it reeks. Does it smell like cat pee or something? No, it just it smells terrible. However, so you're not going to wear it. Probably not. No, mm. this though you might like. So I was going to post this picture, That's and I do have a body. video. 1985. What, uh, what's with the mismatched wheels? The wheels? Oh, I didn't even notice that. That's really <laughs> weird. It's got it's got skinnies in the back, and it's got that. it's got meaty tires in the front. Don't worry, guys. I will be posting these pictures on the Four by Four Talk page. Um, I'll I'll post the video too. It's not this one. The next one. Uh-uh. So 1985. He did a lift. Uh, it's got the 14 bolt axles. Square body, short bed, step side. Beautiful, beautiful truck. Yeah. And he swapped, I think he said like a 6.2 or 6.4 diesel into it. Very like nice. That. Oh my God, it sounds good. <laughs> Maybe a 6.2 or 6.5 if it's GM diesel. Yeah. Back and, then. Okay. The 6.2 then, I believe. 6.5 is turbo. 6.2 is the naturally yep. aspirated, okay, just yeah. a Rattler. 6.2 then, turbo diesel. No, 6.5 is the turbo. It's got turbo okay. or no? I thought he said it did, yes. Oh, okay, yeah. 6.2 is naturally I, aspirated I said what he said it was in one of the videos. No. I, I have two. One was a You know, thank, thank God that our listeners actually uh, are car people for the most part, <laughs> because we go off on the tangents about stuff, and we just start rattling out, like, specs about stuff. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, I would say that, like, 99% of the general populace would be like, what the hell are these two? All of a sudden, these guys are talking about old, tr- you know, trucks or whatever, but then they start talking about diesels and this and that. About millimeters and turbos and inches and exhaust. This and, makes no sense. <laughs> exactly like that's that's pretty crazy it's uh, funny how they do that yeah but oh, someone's here oh probably <laughs> um probably somebody here earlier uh, it's a or beautiful truck the uh, the guy used it as a tow rig for his boat yeah and my god it sounded good looked good he did a really nice job on a custom front bumper for the thing I mean, it looks factory. It's incredible what he did with that. Nice, so nice. I'd like to see some more pictures weekend. later. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I said, I'll, I'll post the video up. I was just really bummed I couldn't get the interview on that Australian car, man. Yeah. That that thing sounded cool. That would uh, that would be neat. That would be very neat. Did you go? You didn't go out to the Woodward Troop Cruise, or you did? No, no. These these guys, they were up. Uh, so as you know, I work on the scuba charter boat in Port Sanilac, and these guys were up. They came up from Florida for the car show. They're big into scuba diving, wanted to do some diving up in Michigan. And they the area they were staying, they contacted one of the dive shops who just so happened to have a trip with us booked for this past weekend here. So they signed up, they came out, and they went out with us. This was their first cold water and uh, Great Lakes dives. 
So it was really cool. They, they had, had a great good time. time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They loved it. They complained about it being a little cold, which, I mean, all right. Didn't you turn the heat on? No. <laughs> Needed to. <laughs> we got to pay extra for that. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> you know how much electricity it takes to heat up the lake? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we took them to a couple of the good wrecks, you know, shallower one, get them started, and a really one of the most popular ones after that. They had a great time. It was a, overall a really good trip. And they drove their fancy car there? They drove that there, yes. Apparently, they shipped that here, and then they flew up to wherever it was, and then they're going to have that the car shipped back, and they're going to fly home. Okay, so that's some big money type of yeah. Yeah. operation there, yeah. Yeah. But... Are they from Australia, or? No, they're from Texas. But it's an Australian car. Yes. Probably a Holden. That, that, like I said, that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I remember, I'll, I'll see if I can't find their name because he said he's done some interviews before that have been on TV and stuff. But it's pretty see rare. If I can car. find them. Apparently, yeah. You have pictures? I didn't know. Like I said I I didn't see where <sighs> they parked. I was they were supposed to come back, let me know they're ready, and they never did. Gotcha. So, All right, man. I know they were on a timetable though, so yeah. It is yeah. what it is. What can you do? <laughs> well, I mean, I I get it. You know, you run into all those. I've uh, I've seen. Um, all sorts of cool cars out there uh, in pictures lately with the Wood Dream Cruise going up and down. Seen stuff on Snapchat like crazy this past. From that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, apparently, people are mostly behaving this year. I've only seen a couple of wreck pictures and stuff. Uh, hmm. They've had some problems in the past with it getting a little too wild down there yeah. at Woodward. But, um, you know, I, I used to go to the event regularly. And for folks who don't know what we're talking about... Um, if you're not a Michigan person, you probably wouldn't know, or maybe surrounding states. But um, there's the Woodward Dream Cruise, which is Woodward Avenue, which is a street that runs essentially from um, downtown Detroit up through uh, all the way up to Pontiac, Michigan. Um, and I think yeah. it, I think it continues past Pontiac, Michigan. But um, the <laughs> along the stretch through mainly the Royal Oak area. Uh, just north of uh, 696, the freeway, I-696. They do every year what's called the Woodward Dream Cruise, and they take cars, all sorts of antique cars and trucks, and they run up and down Woodward Avenue, and they just cruise. And that's all they're doing is they, they just do laps. And Some places have like little parking lot displays set up and stuff. There's, I don't yeah, know if there's you guys vendors. There's, there's all sorts of stuff. The idea is to actually use the cars. Yeah. And they do... That's what I love about it. You're using them. You're not... I mean, don't get me wrong. I love display-only vehicles and stuff like that, but they're meant to be driven, man. They're meant to be used. They do have some burnout areas. Yeah. Um, And then they split off. Uh, Now, they also do drag nights on Woodward by by Roadkill. The Roadkill people from Motor Trend. Some Hmm. of the people I actually know. Nice. um, They do that, and they do the... The drag night, so they do the drag racing on Woodward. Nice. So, of course, all of you are probably thinking, like, why this particular street <laughs> in Michigan uh, that is Pickett? Well, no. In the 1960s, not late 1950s, early 1960s, Woodward, more towards Detroit, not up near Royal Oak um, as much, but more towards Detroit. Woodward was where a whole bunch of weekend drag racers Friday Saturday nights would go out and they would race between street lights illegal street racing 
Back then, it was not as built up as it is today, so it was slightly less dangerous. Um, you know, they could they knew that they could pretty much run from light to light without people coming out of you know your Seven Eleven or whatever. Yeah, uh, and it was a very popular place. But what really um, do you know the car that that clinched the history of the Woodward of Woodward? I'll be honest, I didn't know anything about the history of it, so this is all news to me. Well, okay, so um, Pontiac wanted to uh, some of the guys over at Pontiac who were in Pontiac performance development or whatever they're called they wanted to start building um like fast cars like drag cars for the street and stuff and the hires that be at Pontiac were like no we're uh, basically an old man car company we drive around you know we build these big boats and stuff so they took their lightweight tempest body and took their engine out of their big Bonneville hmm. and souped it up the 389 and put it in the Tempest and hooked it up to a four-speed. Um, originally, the the GM four-speed wasn't strong enough, so they actually used Ford top-loader four-speeds. They actually <laughs> got them from Ford, which is kind of neat. Nice. And they started racing them huh. on Woodward Avenue. Factory rate. These were Pontiac engineers wow. racing factory Tempest up and down. That's and cool. They started getting all these letters to uh, Pontiac. started getting all these letters. We want one of these factory Pontiacs, you know. Hmm. And it was basically a Skunk Works program that way, and they forced Pontiac's hand to create what is now known as the GTO. Oh, wow. And so cool. that was where, and I think it was 63 was the first year for the GTO, huh. and that's how they did it, is they were just, they were out there street racing these. That's <laughs> awesome. I never knew that. Yeah. That it was, is it awesome. was on Woodward. And so the history of, of Woodward Avenue and racing, the real fame of it goes back to Pontiac Huh. In the early 60s with the GTO. That's and awesome. Ever since then, it just kind of became the place, you know? Hmm. So that that's the street that created the car and the car that created the street, you know? I, I think I've mentioned this on one of the prior episodes. My cousin, what would have been? It, I, I don't think it was his dad's. I believe it was his uncle's, uh, had a GTO that was parked in their barn. Yeah. And my cousin and I, when we were little, little kids, we used to sit in there and play with the shifter and... Pretend we're driving this thing really, really fast. And I just, I remember doing that all the time and how much fun that was. And it was that. And I remember what else it was, but for some reason I always wanted a GTO. I just, I like the old is the, the, is the car still there? Oh, no, no, no. It got sold or moved a long, oh, long time darn. ago. And I, I remember that day too, because we were all getting ready to go out in the barn and play in the car. And cousin goes, no, it's gone. And oh. we were really sad. <laughs> Man, that sucks. Yeah. I've only uh, ran across one once. Um, it was one that had all the glass smashed out. It was missing the hood, mm. missing the trunk lid, but still uh, had Detroit. the still had the big motor. No, it was here locally. Uh, still had the four speed in it and everything. I could have had it for five hundred dollars, but Oof. I was like, man, this car needs so much work. And Oof. today it would have been worth so much more. And it, it's funny hearing you know stories like that, the regrets of what we didn't get. I know. And I you know I know again I mentioned this. My dad had a '67 Mustang one of his first cars oh nice and he's like you know i really wish i never would have sold it but back then that was nothing it was a throwaway car exactly now you look at some of this stuff and you start kicking yourself and it's exactly it's not fair to yourself but at the same time it's like man i wish i had that <laughs> i was having some i was having that talk with some folks at the museum the other night um we are starting to get some people filtering into the museum awesome. now again awesome thank um, you for coming and actually um, bring your friends cj from Ventress garage <laughs> did he brought some friends from out cool. of state and stuff uh or out of town at least and uh, they came down, and we had a couple other people. 
and we were talking about those ones that got through our fingers, you know, like yeah. the ones that we lost. And um, but yeah, and speaking of the museum, folks, if you um, you know, you want to come down and check it out, we are now open every Thursday night from six to eight thirty, and uh, we're continuing to build our displays and work on things down there. So we got some cool things coming up in the near future here. So uh, come on down, 8061 Marsh Road, uh, Clay Township, Michigan, and uh, check it out. I love it. By all means. So we're talking about working on things. You got any updates for us, Keith? Um, I know I just posted a big one. Yeah, you. <laughs> okay, so you're talking by Ford Project. Yeah. Um, have, have, did we ever settle on an official name for it? No, not yet. Not yet. Yeah, we forgot to put a poll up on 4x4 Talk about that, by the way. I actually have some <laughs> updates that I can't tell you on the air. But oh, okay. um, the um, and eventually I'll tell on the air. Okay. But we have. Uh, let's see. What have I done? Have I collected anything? No. Uh, I have. <laughs> I see the Ford truck has moved in your yard about uh, fifty feet. Yeah, yeah. I keep and moving. rotated ninety degrees. I keep moving around so the kid can mow around it. Ah. Um, <laughs> but uh, the garage, I've got a lot done in there, getting it ready so I can. I did pull the trans out of the Cummins parts truck and sold the trans to help nice. money to go forward the project. Now I just got to get the Cummins out of there and we'll go see. From there. Nice. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I, I'm I'm 90% sure you're going to beat me, but I'm... It only counts if I finish it, though. It's worth a bottle of bourbon <laughs> to me, man. I said, worst come the worst, it's at a point I can at least throw it on a trailer and bring it there to display, but... I'm gonna really try to actually be able to drive it. That that's my bare minimum goal is to be able to drive it there. Even if I gotta back road it and someone following me with no plates, I'll do it. <laughs> it counts. I'll, I'll count it. I'm man. gonna try. I'm not, I'm not gonna count that as a win because that right. wasn't part of the agreement. But I'm gonna try my absolute best to get it there. And he's, what he's talking about, folks, is Wheels in the Woods 2021, October 9th. Uh, it, you can start wheeling in about 10 o'clock. It is an all-vehicle show. It is not an off-road event. It is a car show, but we have we all sorts of vehicles. Though. Yeah, we have <laughs> off-road vehicles in it. Um, that is 8945 Marsh Road, Clay Township, Michigan, yeah, 48001. down the road from the museum. Same side of the road, a couple miles yep. down. So um, come down and check that out. Uh, you can go on Facebook, say you're coming to it. You can look up Wheels in the Woods 2021. Do we have an event page for that we now? Do. Oh, we okay, do. cool. So, I'll uh, find that and start sharing it. Exactly. So come on out to that, and um, but so you got your floor pans in? Yeah, I've got the the last or the big major chunk in that that was probably ninety five percent of the floor that needed to be replaced. Uh-huh. Uh huh. As one of the pictures you could see, I've got two patches left to make, and then that section's done. I have one small piece on the the rear inner fender well, uh, and then the at least the driver and passenger floors are completely done. Uh, a few patches in the cargo area. And then, really, it's down to paint, electrical, fuel lines. I got faith and, in you, man. Um, you can do what it. What's the other? Fuel, micro, brakes, yeah. brake lines. So yeah, I'm I'm excited. the The majority of the fabrication's all done. Said a few odds and ends left. Hopefully, not as many burn marks. My arms are so burned up from spatter from welding on that. Oh my god, it hurts. Yep. <laughs> and then, uh, so remember our last episode? I was talking about consumables. Yeah. And I said, make, you know, ha have a spare. Yeah. I ran out of wire six inches from fi finishing a weld the first night I was working on the pan. <laughs> Completely out of welding wire. So I went the next day, got it, finished it that day. And uh, unfortunately, that, that price has gone up quite a bit on uh, welding wire. But you got her going. Yeah. I only bought one spool this time, but yeah. that spool should get me through the rest of this. All so right. I'm very, very excited. And it's. I mean, I, I can actually sit in there now. 
So it's it's exciting to actually see this progressing. Uh, I got that new throttle body installed too, which looks awesome. Very nice. So I'm really really excited to get this thing running. I'm I'm more excited I think to get it running than anything. You know, just like with Pegasus, it it's it was down for so long. This far down longer than Pegasus. Actually, this has been down longer than I've owned Pegasus. So, yeah, all right. Wow. So, so yeah, that uh, to hear that engine run, I'm going to be really excited. Me too. So, Me too. Yeah. Well, where can people see more updates of your project? So on uh, Facebook.com slash 4x4talk. Actually, I think it's such good. Just look up 4x4talk yeah. on Facebook. Uh, a couple quick questions to get you on the page. I post updates on there periodically. Every now and then I'll just throw random pictures up, you know, surprise little details and all that. But if you want to interact with us, that's where you do it. Post your pictures, ask your questions, just general conversation, and uh, kind of go from there as you see fit. Absolutely. And if you're interested in hearing more about the Museum of Off-Road Adventure, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as Museum of Off-Road Adventure. Same thing for Wheelin'. You can follow us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. But like John said, join 4x4Talk and... Uh, we also have the Patreon after show, yep. too. Patreon.com slash Radio. Um, access lows $2 a month. Get you access. If I could talk today, that would be great. Yep. <laughs> access as low as $2 a month. Gets you access to a lot of extras, bonus content, things we don't necessarily get to in the show. Uh, we do beer reviews on there. That's kind of become our new thing lately. Yep. And it just kind of goes from there with all kinds of cool stuff. Sounds good, man. And then just uh, make sure you like, subscribe to us, uh, comment, share, you know, subscribe to things. I think I said that already. I don't know. Just make sure you follow us, get the updates and uh, listings for new shows and all that good stuff. Sounds good, John, man. Happy 100 episodes. Absolutely, sir. And with that, we'll say thanks for listening with everybody. Thanks for sticking to us for so long. Hope you continue to follow us for the next 100. And uh, have a good one, everybody. 